We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We look ahead to the Week 17 clash between the Bears and the Packers at Soldier Field. What I'd like to know is, what Chicago Bears team are the Packers facing? Are they facing the good Chicago Bears team? Or are they facing the bad Chicago Bears team? Let's try and figure this out. Bears sideline reporter and 670 The Score insider, good friend of the show and friend of mine, Mark Grody, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So, Mark, like, what Bears team are we expecting? I mean, the, the this offense has looked a lot better. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he still has flaws, but he has looked better. So what are we expecting here on Sunday? Well, it's a great question, man. I mean, usually when the Bears play the Packers, you get the bad version of the Bears, as was uh, quite evident back on November 29th when the Packers basically embarrassed the Bears at uh, Lambeau Field 41-25. to But things have changed since then. Bill Lazor, who is now the play caller for the Bears, took taking that mantle from Matt Nagy, has figured some things out with Trubisky. He is really simplified things for Trubisky. What Trubisky is doing now that he wasn't doing earlier in the season or really during his tenure with the Bears is there is constant movement with Trubisky, as in rolling out bootlegs, naked, um, all sorts of different creative things where you cut the field in half and you don't leave him responsible for everything that is going on on the field. So there is that aspect of it for Trubisky. And then the other part, Joe, is that the offensive line has been reconfigured for the Bears. They did some shuffling around of personnel. They've had some injuries to their, you know, to their some of their inside guys and outside. So that has helped as well. Um, so I would imagine that you guys are going to see a different Bears team, a different uh, version of the offense, especially. I don't know that that's necessarily enough to overcome the Packers, but it's going to look different. Yeah, I'm just, again, the whole Trubisky thing is just amazing. I mean, you you mentioned all the bootlegs that he's been able to thrive on. You know, the Packers, you remember last year with Tremont Williams in that week one game. Like he said, he said after that game, after the Packers, you know, had the win on the road there, he said, you know, we just wanted Mitch to play quarterback. And I and and I feel like that should always be the approach here, but I just I don't know. It's it seems like you have to take Trubisky a little bit more seriously this time around. You do, however, there at to Williams's point, and I, and I realized that was last year. Even in these really good games for Trubisky, each game it seems he has a really horrible bad interception moment. It happened again in the Jacksonville game where the Bears get the ball down in the red zone of the Jaguars as if they were the beneficiary of a pass interference call against Allen Robinson. And then for some reason that nobody could figure out, Trubisky throws the ball into a pack of three or four defenders on one Bears player, which he seems to do in every single game. Now the Bears have, and Trubisky specifically, has been getting away with that 
against some lesser competition that the Bears have beaten in the last three weeks. It would the Minnesota Vikings, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. Wins are wins, but the competition was not the same. So those are the things that you still shake your head over when it comes to Trubisky and, as you said, playing quarterback. Um, it's definitely better, but he, he is the complete game is not there. And, and I'll tell you what, man, like the, this is the game finally that the, the Bears can find out, and I know it's way late, to find out a little bit more of what they have in Trubisky and if it truly stacks up against real competition. Well, you know, what are your spidey senses telling you in Chicago? Because it it just seemed like midway through the season that this was going to be it with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and Trubisky. And now all of a sudden we see this resurgence. Does this game kind of, does it hinge on the future of all of these guys? Or do you feel like all three of them will be back next year running the show in Chicago? Man, it's such a great question. It is definitely the number one question around here. I would prefer to think that that this is, this game is not what it's all about for the Bears in their future because when they lost when they were in the midst of a six game losing streak, everybody especially after the Green Bay game and then the Detroit game, everybody was fired by the media. Uh, Trubisky was gone. Um, you know, higher ups were being fired. The organization was being gutted. And then all of a sudden, things started to get figured out a little bit, and the Bears win three in a row, and everything starts to look better. So what you hope is that there's a more measured approach by the Bears organization than there has been by, quite frankly, all of us and the way we've talked about it. So I don't think that they necessarily evaluated the Bears during the six-game losing streak, nor do I expect them to evaluate what has happened in the last three games. And even if the Bears somehow, some way, magically were to, to let's say, blow out the Packers, let's say it's like a 27-7 to game and it's convincing, I hope that the Bears brass looks at it at the end of the season, no matter what happens, uh, short of winning the Super Bowl, no matter what happens, that they look at everything. They look at the five and one start. They look at the six game losing streak. They look at the three game or four game winning streak and measure it all as opposed to just reacting the way most of us have done. So while it's a hugely important game, obviously for the Bears for this season, I hope that this game is not what everybody's lives and futures are riding on. We're talking with Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter, 670 the score down in Chicago here on the Bill Michael Show. Yeah, it, it it really is very interesting. And believe me, Packer fans will be paying close attention in the offseason, regardless of how the outcome goes in Week 17, whether or not the Bears get into the playoffs or not. Um, one other guy I want to focus on on the offense is Jimmy Graham. And he had two touchdowns in that game against Jacksonville. And what I didn't realize, Mark, I mean, he's got eight touchdowns on the season, and that's the, that's the most for a Bears tight end since Greg Olson in 2009. And I saw this, too, that he is one more touchdown away from tying Mike Ditka in 61. Like, what? why has it worked for Jimmy Graham in Chicago but not for Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that angers Green Bay fans to hear that. And I was just talking about this today, that, look, the Bears' tight end position was a joke last year and, and really in previous years. I mean, I think their leading tight end last year was J.P. Holtz, 
who you probably have never even heard of, who had 93 receiving yards last year. So it's been a, a position which was supposed to be a really big part of what Matt Nagy likes to do, and it's been the antithesis. So this year, when they did sign Jimmy Graham, Bears fans were angry because they didn't like the contract. They're like, what does this guy have left? He couldn't even make it work with Aaron Rodgers. How in the heck is this going to work with Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears? The reason it's worked, I think, Joe, is because they haven't expected a lot out of Jimmy Graham. They've expected him to be a big part of what the Bears do in the red zone. He, you know, he's, he's never going to be what he was in New Orleans. We all know that, and I don't think that was the expectation. But to have him in the red zone packages and to be thriving in it is, is all they were really looking for out of him and all they were asking of him. And there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on that position as a whole because of what I laid out in previous years with the tight end position. So not only has he been good, but he's been a good influence too, I think, on Cole Komet, the Bears' rookie tight end, the second rounder out of Notre Dame, who in the second half of the season, after being somewhat non-existent in the first five, six, seven games of the year, he started to figure some things out as well. So all of a sudden... That's another thing that the Bears have started to have a, a revelation in, and that is tight end play. So you put that the tight end play with the offensive line play and a slightly different Mitchell Trubisky, and that, that's your answer as to why things are starting to go in a not a great direction, but a better direction for the Bears. All right, let's talk defensively here. The last time around these two teams played, I was really impressed with how the Packers' offensive line kind of kept the Bears' defensive front in check. And granted, Akeem Hicks was not playing in that game, but you still had the like the best linebacking core in football just being contained. I mean, they weren't able to do anything. And, I, I mean, I didn't hear Khalil Mack's name. I didn't hear Roquan Smith's name. But they have been playing better as of late, especially Roquan Smith. Yeah, Roquan Smith has been the Bears' best player on defense, and, and maybe you could say he's been the best player overall. He had a couple of interceptions against Jacksonville last week. You know, he is averaging double-digit tackles per game. I will say this, though. When I went back and looked at that Bears-Packers game from a month ago at Lambeau Field, I don't think Roquan had a single tackle. He did not show up on the stat page. And one alarming thing with the Bears' defense this year, Joe, has been that they just have, have allowed a ton of rushing yards, um, at least relative to what we were used to watching the Bears give up in 2018 and somewhat in 2019. And you go back to the Green Bay game for the Bears, and the Packers rushed for 182 yards. You know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams had their, had their day against the Bears that day. And that's what they really have to focus on, on stopping. Of course, the number one guy is going to be number 12, um, but, you know, he had uh, about 225 passing yards that day, did Aaron Rodgers before touchdown passes. But it's just these, these explosive run plays that the Bears defense has allowed this year that have been, have been killing them a lot of this year. And then there's another part to this too, man. Um, Jalen Johnson, who is the Bears' rookie cornerback, who has been very good this year for the most part, has missed the last two games. And it is certainly not clear that he is coming back in this game either so that that's a big deal in this one same with their nickelback buster screen he's been out for a couple weeks too bears have been able to survive those two games without them 
But if if those guys are not available, Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen, I worry about what Aaron Rodgers will do to the Bears secondary. Yeah, and I remember too, Buster Screen had a really good game against the Packers the last time around. So that will be something to pay very close attention to as the week goes along. He is Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter and insider for 670 The Score down in Chicago. Mark, always appreciate it, my friend, and we will talk again soon. Great chatting with you always, Joe. I'll talk to you soon, man. There he is, Mark Grody, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now, 844 Pride, or go to schneiderjobs.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.